You're listening to the Platte River Bard. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Platte River Bard. This is Chris Berger. And I'm Sherry Berger. And today, our guest is Jillian Carter, who is a Lincoln-area playwright, actor, director, producer, and board member of Angels Theatre Company. She is also the managing editor of Appearing Locally, a review blog of performances from theaters in the Lincoln Theatre Alliance, and she is a happy mother of four. Jillian Carter, thank you so much for being with us today. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> well, and I'm I'm excited. I know that you are busy doing things at the Angels Theater, and yes, we wanted indeed. to chat with you about it. I just want to talk a little bit about how you decided to get into theater. Yeah. Um, that's actually kind of interesting. So <laughs> I... <laughs> like to think of myself as an adrenaline junkie. Okay. But but because I have a heart disease and a connective tissue disease and just chronic illnesses out the wazoo, <laughs> I had to find alternate ways. Like I can't go skydiving. Right. So how do you get that fix? And I think that stage fright is really akin to any of those other things. <laughs> That's so, excellent. You know, they talk about public speaking or being the center of attention being just as scary as, you know, near death experiences. And it is, but I love it. Yeah. So so that was kind of how I, I found my way into theater as as a young youngin, wow. and then I got hooked. <laughs> wow! Why? What a, a I know it's not weird. It's such a weird thing to say. That like is I a love totally unique way. To <laughs> yeah, I've never heard that way into theater before. That is fantastic. I love it. Well, so originally I was an actor. And as far as theater goes, and I just loved not having to be me for a while, in addition to the adrenaline rush. I always thought that was that was really fun and great. And I take it a little bit farther than a lot of actors do because I come up with these elaborate backstories for my characters mm. that are completely unnecessary. Right, right. Like just way off the charts. <laughs> Why does you know, I played the um Nurse Flynn in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, who mm -hmm. is just a tiny bit character. I mean, she's really a plot device more than a character. Yeah. Just, you know, to come on, be scared of the inmates and run away so that you can see, you know, like a normal person would be scared, but Nurse Ratchet is in charge. Right. And I ended up thinking of, you know, an entire novel for why this woman was the way she was. <laughs> and so... And so it was kind of like, oh, there are all these characters that other people are creating that I'm writing stories for. Why don't I create my own characters and write stories for them? Yeah. So that kind of led into playwriting because I'd always loved writing. I loved being a writer, but I hadn't thought that much about writing plays until I started doing more acting. Well, and that's got to come with its own bit of a terrifying adrenaline rush to writing something and then putting it out there and letting, uh, you know, letting it be produced and, and then, and then, you know, and then let everybody judge you about it. I mean, that's exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cause I mean, if it's great, then you're a hero, but if it's not, it's all your fault. 
Absolutely. And and you have no control over that final product when you're the playwright. You know, you kind of have to just give it over and then see what happens at the end. That's that's like handing over your child when it's a baby and saying, all right, I'll see you when you're 18. Hope you turn out okay. Yeah, hope everything turns out okay. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but but it's got to be incredibly gratifying when when you see, you know, something that you wrote down you know, being brought to life. It really is. I think one of the, now that I've been branching out and submitting my plays to a lot of different festivals, I've had the opportunity to get feedback from people who don't know me, you know, kind of coming up in the Lincoln theater scene. That's neat. We're, we're a small enough scene that everybody kind of knows you and gets where you're coming from and knows like, Oh, Jillian's going to write kind of weird dramedies Uh, is what I like to call them. Like they're funny, but they're about dark stuff. Right. Right. (laughs) But well, and that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Has anybody who doesn't know you done your stuff and they have, and you've gotten feedback from them. Yeah. Well, so I've only had one that actually got, um, semi-producers like a staged reading okay and then and then a lot of other ones have either been read in groups or they just give you good feedback when you submit but they reject you oh okay but sure one, but one that my my son and i actually wrote it together and it was produced um at the lawrence playhouse the lawrence theater no oh. in lawrence kansas yeah and we went, we went down to see it and it was exactly like we thought it would be. And oh, everyone was super excited to meet us. And it was, it was an amazing experience to see people that we don't know doing the things that we wrote and yeah. loving it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And my son's only 13. So it was such a huge deal for him. Oh people my God, yes. He was kind of like the star of the show himself. Because they were like, oh my gosh, you were 12 when you wrote this? This is amazing. You're so good. That so. is incredible. Yes. That's great. What what projects do you have planned right now that you're helping? Yeah, I've got yes. a, a couple projects going on right now. So I am the producer of the Angels Theater Company's First Flight Festival, which is an annual thing we do every summer. This will be our sixth year. Mm-hmm. And so what that is, is it's a playwright driven festival because the Angel Theater Company has a playwriting collective, right? which has a group of around 30 ish active playwrights who are, are constantly writing mm, nice. and we submit every year for the festival. And this year we had um, outside readers as a committee to pick the submissions and decide what was going to be produced in the festival. We had to do it a little differently this year. Over the past years, we've done, last year we did 26 different short plays. Wow. In our festival. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it's, it's a, it's a work of art when it's, when it's done. But yeah. we had always performed on the UNL campus in the Temple Building which being the only thing there during the summer, we had all this space for dressing rooms because we'd have a cast of 80 mm-hmm. for 26 plays, you know. Well, yeah. But but starting this summer, um, not just because of the pandemic, but for financial reasons with the university and things, we weren't able to secure the temple building for the summer. Okay. So we're going to be performing in the Johnny Carson Theater at the Lead Center for Performing Arts this year. Oh, so okay. we weren't going to have that gigantic green room space. So we had to think about cutting it down and just having a a full night's performance instead of different flights 
So the submission process this year was really competitive to see who could get into, you know, the, if we only have two hours of performance time, Mm -hmm. what could we do? Yeah. So we ended up with six short plays and one more traditional one act play to anchor it. And those are, so seven different playwrights, seven pieces. That's all that we can do this summer. And so I, I wrote one of them as well. Uh-huh. And I'll be producing it. So. That's excellent. And I, th- I think playwriting, this local playwriting is so important, especially I think a oh lot of gosh, theaters yes. are realizing it right now when they're used to not having local playwrights or um, control over the plays that they're doing and the copyrights to it. I think it's so neat that that talent is being developed here. Oh, yes. Well, I think that Angels Theater Company is kind of ahead of the curve on that because part of their mission statement is about nurturing artists. So whatever that looks like, whether it's the playwrights, the actors, the directors, the tech people, it's really about meeting people at the level they're at and helping nurture them and helping them grow into whatever they want to be. Because a lot of people don't have the luxury of going to school to get a theater degree or a master's in playwriting and things like that. So we really try to make sure that everyone who has those interests can fulfill them and get that experience with us if that's something that they want to do. And that's hard because, I don't know, it's just... It's just a lot of extra work when you say that you're not just going to take the experienced people who already know what they're doing. Right, right. But we're really dedicated to that and we want to make it happen. And otherwise, I wouldn't have the opportunities that I have now, not just having my plays produced, but I had never directed a single thing until I found Angels. And now I'm producing an entire festival. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) I can't so, even I can't even imagine what 26 plays looks like. Uh, no. That's a lot. <laughs> 26 plays looks like three different we would actually have three different flights. We would have flight A, flight B and flight C and okay. each one would have different plays in it. So we'd okay. do 8 to 10 each time and then each one of those flights would get performed four times. So we'd have like 12 performance times and it was Wow. It was a lot. So yeah, that's last a lot. Year, yeah. Yeah, last year I assistant produced that because I was not willing to take that on on my own. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I shadowed Judy Hart, who's the founders of the founder of Angels Theater Company, mm-hmm. to learn the ins and outs. And so this year, since we're working with a little bit of a more manageable palette, I was like, okay, I can do this on my own. So yeah. wow, well, you always amaze me. I know how busy you are, and I know how involved you are. Oh yeah, and I'm always finding out more. <laughs> how much more you're doing as well um, in theater. So I'm always just in awe of all the things that you've been able to accomplish. Um, And, you know, for playwrights, there's a lot of playwrights that I don't know that a degree that they need one. I mean, is that something that, that everyone needs? I mean, maybe certain people don't. (laughs) Definitely not. I, I think that a degree can help in certain ways, just like it could with anything else. What's really important is that people who are serious about any kind of writing, but especially dramatic literature, understand that just like everything else, it's a craft, not Mm -hmm. just an art form. So you really, I mean, 
I don't want to say that there are rules you have to follow because all rules in art are made to be broken, but there are a lot of techniques and there are a lot of people who are good at what they do because they learn those techniques. And so I think that just making sure that you understand that it's a craft that you're always going to be growing in and that you're always going to be learning from is really important. And so a lot of people with degrees have that mindset maybe a little bit better than some of us who don't have degrees. But as long mm-hmm. as you're willing to be open to that and to keep learning and let it be an educational process, a degree is definitely not necessary. Right. It just might and it it might help you not only have that mindset, but you know it certainly opens a lot more doors. Yes, right. Wow. But you know, but so I was saying, you know, Angels is ahead of the curve with with finding local playwrights and local artists to collaborate with. But yeah. I do think to the point that you were bringing up that other places are really recognizing the importance of that and finding that local talent. And I think that we're seeing more and yeah. more um, festivals that are open to submissions that are very specific. You know, there are a lot of festivals that are saying, okay, we're open to submissions, but only from playwrights in this geographic area or Mm. who identify in this way. And I think that that's really great as far as representation goes Mm -hmm. to get sort of stories that are important to your audience out there from the people who should be writing them. Right. Well, and especially in these times. So how how are how are these times affecting you for your upcoming Yes, how production? are Yeah, how are you adjusting? Everybody's adjusting. Yeah, everybody's are, definitely adjusting. Uh, so, we're we we are adjusting in that um we did have to cancel a production that was almost ready to hit the boards in March, unfortunately, that I was directing. We were almost at the end of our rehearsals we were supposed to premiere march 26th when all this hit and so no. we were yeah mm-hmm. so we were one of the first to cancel and yeah. say oh can't do it guys that's that's gonna yeah. be a hard no and so yeah. we wanted to reschedule that when it was safe but we had so many different moving pieces we had college students who you know went back home because since everything was going to be remote they didn't need to stay in nebraska they could go home to texas or florida or wherever oh sure in our ensemble and our stage manager so things were kind of falling apart so we ended up just just scrapping that instead of postponing it and right mm-hmm. now with the first flight festival planning it for july we also have another production the week after that in july we're just keeping it fluid you know we're hoping for the best and planning for the worst so sure sure so we have the dates reserved at the lead center for July 16th through 19th, but they have other open dates that we can look at if it looks like that's not going to be possible in right. August, September and October. Okay. So mm-hmm. you have some fallback positions in case uh, July doesn't work out. Yeah. Exactly. And we're really lucky because um, we call ourselves a homeless theater. We don't, we don't own real estate. We don't have our own theater. We always do rental spaces and so we don't have the kind of overhead that a lot of other theaters are dealing with. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. definitely really lucky for us. You know, no, we don't I say have... that's, yeah, that's something <laughs> yeah. you don't have to worry about right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Usually we're like, oh, we wish we had our own space. But now we're like, oh, thank goodness we don't. <laughs> <laughs> and do you think that playwrights will be kind of focusing on those smaller casts for just because of the virus and and the next two years of it projecting to be an issue? That's true. Or, That's a good question. Or do you think that things are going to change in that aspect? That's interesting.
interesting. I hadn't really thought about that before. No, but we a might. Of, yeah. Yeah. A lot of the playwrights that I work with, we do smaller casts anyway, because we tend to work in shorter play formats. Okay. And so that just works easier. You know, if you're writing a 10 minute play, a 15 minute play, a one act play, you don't want to have a cast of 12 because how do you develop all those characters? <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. You know? So, so that's just always something that I've been more comfortable with. I actually write a lot of monologues too. So they're wonderfully perfect for this time in our lives. Yes. Yeah. But, but yeah, I would assume that a lot of playwrights are going to be thinking that way. But one of the interesting things about playwriting too, is that the amount of time it takes between the time you write the play and the time it sees its first large scale production is usually a very long time. Hmm. So, yeah, I yeah. imagine so, so. I don't know how much it will affect them because yeah. usually you're thinking about getting this produced, you know, five to 10 years from now. Sure. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but we, we might see theaters like looking towards material that do have smaller casts, though. That's an interesting. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. So much is going to change and it, and is changing uh, coming in, uh, going out of this. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just really curious to see because uh, theaters are changing the way they're, they kind of do things and think about things. And, and uh, I, I think some of it's going to uh, work out for the better in the, in the long run. Yeah. Well, I think one of the interesting things, I, I'm also on the board of the Lincoln Theater Alliance, which is an oh, alliance yes. of... A, a, a ton of theaters. I think we have something like 16 theaters in our alliance right now. I don't know. It's yeah. constantly changing. So don't quote me on that number, <laughs> but, um, but it's within a 45 mile radius of Lincoln. So we have, you know, people in Beatrice and um, Hickman and all sorts of places. Okay. And so they are, everybody's trying to figure out how to do things and, and what they can do. And they're definitely looking at, at smaller things. I know a lot of people have been like, what are the best one person shows, you know, like what's a good one man show? What's a good one woman show? But that actually leads to the other thing that angels is doing right now. I had just started before this hit a new project called solo tales and ales, which which is my favorite thing in the world. This was completely like my brainchild. I, I got to see it from birth to fruition. And, um, it's, basically going into a local bar here called the happy Raven. And we all sit around and drink and people perform monologues. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, so now, unfortunately we didn't have to take out the ales altogether. We did have to take out the happy Raven because we're not doing things in public, but now we're just doing all those virtually because when you have monologues, you can easily just email it over to an actor say, Hey, would you record yourself reading this? And boom, we've we've got it good to go. So mm-hmm. we're going to be uh, launching one of our first virtual solo tales and ales right before Give to Lincoln Day. So we'll have three monologues written by our local playwrights that will premiere on our social media and our website. And this time we're actually partnering with the playwriting class at UNL as well. Two of their students have monologues in our series this time around. So that'll be really fun. Excellent. And I'm wondering with the digital monologue, you might get some people from other areas that you wouldn't normally get. Yeah, definitely. This time to keep it as 
as simple as possible, I just, you know, called one of my best friends. It was like, hey, I've got a monologue for a middle-aged woman and for a teenage girl. Can you and your daughter do these? (laughs) 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 And then then another one of my friends had written one and he said that he would just perform it himself to keep it even simpler. So they were able to, to get those turnaround really quickly, which was nice. Neat. I can't wait to to see that. I know I wanted to go to the last one that you had and something came up for me. I forget what it was now just because my life is crazy too. And, (laughs) um, um, but this is really exciting. I'll be able to watch it digitally. That's great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you'll like it. The great thing about this too, is that because I was looking at it from a playwright's point of view, these are actually completely non-rehearsed and non-directed. So we give the script to the actor and we ask them to be familiar enough with it that they don't have to keep the page up to their face, but it's just how they intuitively as an actor would interpret it and perform it off the cuff. So that gives the kind of feedback to a playwright to know, okay, this is how they see it without any interpretation from anyone else so that allows me to edit it in a way if it doesn't come off exactly the way i heard it in my head then i know that i just didn't write it on the paper the way that i meant to so i do those edits and and make all that happen before it would go into a full production and before i'd have no control over it so that's why i really like this project interesting yeah that's so neat you guys have really been able to adjust so i'm happy for you guys Well, thank you. I'm happy for us, too. I think if any theater companies are, we're really thriving in this. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And I know some some are really struggling. And but Lincoln, um, the Lincoln Giving Day, though, is still very important to Angels Theater. Yes. And I know that's coming up this next week. And um, we had a chance to talk to Barbara Bartle at the Lincoln Community Foundation. Mm -hmm. um, And we're going to be releasing that along with your podcast as well for people to remember to give to the angels theater yes. on, on Lincoln gives day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that so. you brought that up, I feel like I, I may be made too much of a point of angels is thriving. We're not thriving that much. guys. It's okay. I got your back. I was, that's, I was, that's where I was going. <laughs> oh man. The trip to Lincoln day is actually, um, it's, it's the most important fundraising day for us. Like it is for so many nonprofits in Lincoln. We are dedicated to making sure that Lincoln is accessible to everyone, no matter what their socioeconomic background. Cool. Because I think that I think that ticket prices and also the price of being involved in things, because you either have to work your work schedule around or pay for babysitters or pay for parking downtown, those things really affect how much people can participate in theater. And mm-hmm. Angel is so dedicated to making sure that those are not barriers for anyone who wants to be a part of our theater home. So we have our salon reading series is free to the public. It's um, I don't think we touched on that yet. It's where we, we found that everyone cannot sit down and just read a play. Like that's not how our minds work. It's not the same thing as reading a novel because you meant to read out loud. Sure. But we can't 
no one can perform all these plays. So what we do is buy the royalties to just do a reading. So we have actors who rehearse, I would say two to four times reading the play with their cast members and with a director. And then they just stand up and read it in front of an audience. And so we offer that completely free to the public, but we do have to rent the space and pay the royalty fees for it. So it costs, so we lose money on it, but we think it's important Mm -hmm. that people get to hear more plays. So we have that. And then, and then solo tales and ales also completely free to the public, but we don't pay any money for it because they're all new things. So there's no royalties. Yeah. It's all new. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. our board members volunteer to make snacks. (laughs) So, (laughs) (laughs) So we have which those you, available while you're you, while you're drinking your ales. So excellent. And your snacks are wonderful, by the way, because I have attended and I thought they were pretty awesome. Oh, thank you. You guys are doing a great job. Well, <laughs> the problem is that we keep trying to outdo each other, so I think they're getting more oh. and more elaborate at this point. Uh, <laughs> like we started out excellent. with like popcorn and Chex mix, and now we're like competing for recipes and these smorgasbords. It's getting a little oh. out of hand, <laughs> but it's great. It's great. It is great. It's really good. Um, But so those are completely free to the public. Like you don't have to pay anything to do those. And then we also um, are not a community theater. We pay all of our actors, directors, producers. We pay everyone involved in our productions. Now, sometimes it's a very small stipend. When you have 80 actors, I think they got $50 or less last year, but it's something, you know, to help for all that parking that you had to do downtown or to help for a couple babies and things like that. Mm -hmm. So we do try to make sure that we can give something to everyone who's involved in our things as well. And give to Lincoln day is where most of that funding comes from. So neat. I love how you guys approach things. I I, I love the more non-conventional way of approaching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if it's non-conventional or traditional or what, but... I think it's very, it's very unconventional, but Angels was founded in a really unconventional way. It was founded by a group of women who found that by virtue of being working moms or just working women in general, they were not able to participate in the kinds of theater that were being produced in Lincoln at that time, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Because like I, I couldn't in the life that I lead now, you know, I have four kids, I have a working husband and I work full time. I would not be able to go and do a traditional play at a traditional theater and commit to rehearsals almost every night for six weeks. Sure. There's no way I could fit that into my life. Right. But mm-hmm. Angels finds a way to do things. You know, when we do our festival, because they're shorter plays with smaller casts, we can tailor our rehearsal schedules around the cast needs, around the director's needs. When I do solo Tales and Ales, we have no rehearsals whatsoever. So it's just, do you will you be able to find time in the next four weeks to look over this monologue? You know, so we have a lot of actors who these are the only things that they can do. They need those creative outlets, but they couldn't do the traditional theater either. So they're able to fit themselves into the things that we do that have a lot less of a time commitment. I love that you guys are doing that. And thank you so much for coming and talking to us about it. Yes, thank you. So the Salon series, it's just the Salon readings are probably just on hold for right now. Are you thinking about moving those to digital? Yeah, they're on hold for right now. We didn't think that they were going to be something that we wanted to translate into 
a virtual reading because the best part of the salon reading series is that when they get done with the reading, we have a lovely discussion between the audience, Mm -hmm. the director, the dramaturg, the actors about, you know, the, the topics, because we tend to pick things that will start sort of community conversations. Mm -hmm. And so we just didn't think that was going to translate very well virtually. So those are on hold for now. Solo Mm -hmm. Tales and Nails went virtual. The first light festival we're going to do, we just fingers crossed it'll be in July. If not, we'll keep pushing it back until we feel safe enough. And um, I think that's, oh, and then we have Shadows and Light that we also will push back if needs to be. Well, I'm so excited for you guys and we look forward to, to seeing all of these things. Yes. Yes, thank you so much. I'm I'm super excited about everything that we have going on and just making sure that theater stays relevant in the time because art is, if anything, more important now than it ever has been. Because when we, when we live these very isolated lives, but also very anxiety-driven lives, it's important that we remember what we're doing it for. And the arts mm-hmm. are the things that make life worth living, even if your life isn't being lived right. the way you want it to be right now. Right, exactly. <laughs> yes. Fair enough. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Well, Jillian, you're so talented and I'm I'm so mm-hmm. appreciative of the time that you've decided to spend with us and, and yeah. we really look forward to seeing everything that you have. Yes. So but we look forward to having you. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, you take care. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening and supporting the arts in the Platte River area and beyond. Please subscribe to our podcast so you are sure to catch all of our future episodes and join us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Music for this podcast was used with permission by Screaming Skull Productions. See you next time on the Platte River Bard.